This is Coda Radio, episode 268 for August 3rd, 2017. everyone and welcome to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on. Why me? My name is Chris, but that's not important. What is important is our host. It's Mr. Michael Dominic. Hello, Mike! Mayday, mayday, mooch one down, mayday. I can't even keep track anymore, man. I can't even, it's, it's, actually, that's not true. I can't keep track, but I, barely, but barely. Yes. <laughs> that's all I want to say on that is, yeah. Well, we have, I am very, as they say, fired up and ready to go about today's show. Uh, we oh, have my. some, we have some rather inflammatory hoopla, some incendiary hoopla. A little bit of haterade. Yeah, which, uh, not from us, not from us, as well as some things that are going to get us looking forward to the future. we got some great feedback to cover this week that we're going to try to consolidate down into a few key points. And then both Mike and I have big thoughts on bots. If you're a bot doubter or a bot lover, please stay tuned because I think it's going to be something for both sides of the coin and perhaps maybe even a little announcement, something crazy from the... From the swamps of Florida, is that is that fair? Can I say swamps? I don't know, or the bayou? I'm not uh, sure what I'm supposed to say. Uh, no, swamp is almost 110 percent accurate. Yes. <laughs> oh, you know, it's really, it's kind of weird here. Um, it's it's super eerie. It's super 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 eerie, and I have I have no room to complain. I am not complaining because it's way worse up in in uh, BC. But here in the Pacific Northwest right now, we're getting just this unbelievable amount of smoke. That's like blasting down into Washington. So it is smoke. Smoke, yeah. Well, there's some crazy wildfires, crazy, oh. crazy wildfires oh. going on up in BC, and uh, they're just producing a ton of smoke. And it's essentially all our normal breeze from the ocean is turned off. Our air conditioner for the Pacific Northwest <laughs> broke this week, and wow. uh, so the smoke is just—it's thick. It when you walk outside, it smells like the world's biggest campfire everywhere. And, like, you can't even see, like, all the mountains and trees that are normally here in the Pacific Northwest. You can't even see them because they're all just engulfed with smoke. <laughs> so in, in uh, down here in Plant City, Florida, for the last few days, we've had uh, nothing but rain. Oh. And that that little creek behind my house is now a – it's a river. It's a river now, yeah. Well, you, <laughs> you should send some of like, that up to BC. <laughs> I should send it to you. It, it, it's like, you know, every day since I've been here was shiny and sunny. Yeah, yeah, not anymore. It's welcome to the jungle, baby. We we are getting that uh, creepy eye of Sauron sunset every night because the the, the, th- the smoke is so thick you can actually look right at the sun right now. Is it possible that Legolas was right <laughs> and that it, blood had been spilled? It like, really feels like it. Yeah, it does. It's it's eerie too because it's like it's it's a heat wave, so it's super super hot. Yet it's all gray and mysterious. And then the moon has like this blood red look to it. At night, the full it's the just moon is actively angry. At yeah, you. it looks like an angry moon. So that is uh, that is the context in which we find ourselves gathering today. <laughs> Wait, so, are you saying that the moon is red? Yeah, it is. It is it almost is. as though it yes. were already colonized by a certain country. Perhaps, 
perhaps. Where there's lots of bears. You know what else they like over there? Kotlin. Mother they, Russia. They do, they do love them some Kotlin they do. in the, the Russian Federation. Mother man. Russia loves Kotlin. And uh, we have over on Medium, uh, posted by oh, Ryan hey. Cook, the case against Kotlin. Ryan Cook uh, of, of Pinterest, of course. Yeah, an Android uh, engineer. One of the first actual you know, big startups to really, really publicly take on Kotlin. And maybe not so happy. Now, this is interesting because, okay, so the first thing he attacks, which I thought was a little unfair was just the learning curve of getting up there. Like there's this, he, he sort of has this chart of uh, the Kotlin hype curve and the amount of time to learn, uh, the plateau of productivity. Yeah. <laughs> now that these, like, these charts are all the rage today, right? Everybody has got a chart yes. that they make up with no numbers behind right. them. Right, yeah, it is, yeah, no numbers charts. Yeah. Thanks, Amazon. So he says, you know... <laughs> we are making money. Yeah, we are ma- yeah, selling more than ever. Uh is uh, he says adding Kotlin to your code base is betting on Kotlin's longevity and continued growth. Uh, if that bet is right, then maintaining code and learning all will generally become less challenging. If that bet is wrong, then Kotlin becomes a tech debt. Okay, mm-hmm. so can I, may I just put on my old man hat before we dig, dig into this a uh, little further? Please, just for like a moment. I'm in Florida. It's kind of the only hat I have left. Yeah, I understand. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's probably that it's got to be just like I would imagine sold everywhere down there. <laughs> well, well, first of all, this is the South, yeah. so it's standard issue. You get an old man hat, you immediately lose about twenty points of driving skill, and they hand you a handgun, just like at the border. I gotta get in Should on it, this. Yeah, it, it is a gun, no gun. That's a whole other conversation. But I, like, tell you, I, I tell you, this uh, this uh, this though doesn't sound like such a bad deal because a hat keeps the sun out of my face. And uh, they can't be worse drivers in Washington, so I'm in. Well, so it's kind of like the land before time here, right? A little, a little bit of a Sir Arthur and or the Lost World is what I mean. And so it's got you've had room for reflection, is what you're saying? Reflection, but also like I'm. I remember the first time I ventured down here, I was a little appalled at the backwards, in my opinion, technology I found. Yeah. yeah. Now I've actually learned to embrace it because um, there is a bar around the corner from my house. And, of course, using my powers of the force, I found it in 10 seconds. <laughs> they I, smell, don't... I smell liquor. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Some tap? Scooby, let's go. <laughs> Shaggy, we should call an Uber. How you know you might have a problem when the first thing you smell in town is the bar? Or you drive by it because it's like on the main road, but whatever. Oh, oh okay. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, when I say the main road, I, I mean the main road, singular. Like, it's a whole different <laughs> world. It's not like New Jersey. Um, but you know what? They're running Windows Server 2003. I shit you not on their terminals. And how do I know this, Chris? Because they crashed. Oh. And what do they show when they crash? Right, the boot up. That's right. And they have the little window. Interesting. Um, and that guy is a, a millionaire. He's doing just fine running Windows 2003. So there could be a business opportunity to encourage him well, to move to something else. Right. And, and the connection here to Kotlin is, you know, I, I feel like even us on this show, we're a little too all for it with Kotlin. I think Kotlin's a great language. Um, one, it's Russian. Well, and I, and yeah, tune, RT does pay us per episode when we mention it. My tune changed when Android sort of said, all right, we're going to make Kotlin a blessed language. Then I was but like, it, you know what? Google is not going to do what Apple wants to do to the Objective-C developers, which is line them up and shoot them, mm. right? 
Google's like, yeah, as long as you're making apps, please, for the love of God, make them for Android first or better or at least Isn't almost that, as okay. Or is it like yeah. Apple's like, Swift is the shit and it's the future and everyone should go there. And Google's like, yeah, we know that Java's got problems and that we're fighting with Oracle constantly. So uh, maybe we should have some other uh, some other options. Well, so I think it's more we're fighting with Oracle constantly <laughs> yeah. unless we know that Java's got problems. Because I would argue that actually Java doesn't have problems. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, it's just – it's like – let's compare it to C Sharp, which apparently is popular again. And everybody loves C Sharp because we're in a renaissance, according to Scott Hanselman and a few other people. That's great. What do they have in common? They're both huge legacy languages, which means that they've been adapted for all kinds of use cases. So, of course, there's stuff in there that is either an artifact of their time, which, by the way, was in Java's case, the 90s, right? Um, And artifacts of all the different things the language has to do. Fair. All fair. So, just, like, want to preface that, right? Like, first of all, if you're using an IDE, it does a lot of the boilerplate for Java for you, or it should. So let let continue on, Chris. I just want to have that as like okay. a backdrop yeah. to to, uh, to this guy's a little flavor. I, I, a little I th- flavor. Yeah, I think a, a little perspective. Um, so then he he has a couple uh, he has a couple of quick criticisms, which I don't actually think we should dwell on. And then one was the build time. He says Kotlin will make your build times. Yeah, worse. Swift's build times were atrocious too. Yeah. That's and his solution. He he does provide solutions with these criticisms, and his solution for that one is to just deal with it. <laughs> that's his, that's his solution for that one. Um, this was the one that resonated with me. We could have probably skipped right to this one. He says development stability. Our team of people who disliked Cotton didn't dislike it because. Uh, they were scared of it or because they wanted to wait and see uh, or would see if app crashes to figure out problems. The simplest reason for non-Kotlin developers dislike it when there is an issue is when there's an issue preventing them from writing code and being productive. This happened to us multiple times and could easily happen to you. For example, we've had issues with incremental builds that don't work for some developers. We've had other issues where things like changing branches would always require a clean build. We've had builds randomly fail because capped Kotlin's annotation processing tool yeah. uh, would sometimes get out of memory errors. Additionally, Cotton doesn't Kotlin doesn't play well or nicely with instant apps, which is kind of a big push right now. And we've seen an increase in Android Studio crashes when Kotlin plugins are enabled. In terms of development, just when you think everything is stable, another problem seems to crop up. Yeah, so let's stop here for a second. A couple things, right? Like some of the you have to clean the build. That all has the mirror image of the original Swift problems. Where just like when Swift first came out, it was a huge pain in the ass to try to use Swift, right? You, you'd have to recompile, you'd have to clean your builds constantly. The builds took forever. I mean, it really was uh, super hard. Now we, um, you know, Apple's got that down for the most part. There's, I mean, I'm not going to get into bridging, but there's some weird stuff. I think that complaint is almost unfair because Kotlin on Android is not yet mature it's sure enough. Exactly. It's it's, it's going to yeah. it's going to require well and that's I think I think that's the meta point he's actually trying to make. The conclusion is the learning curve, the build times, the development stability and static analysis are all going to get better. That's his conclusion. So he says Google's officially supporting the language, which is a sign that things will rapidly get better. If you want to wait until they get better, that's not crazy. That's not crazy. It's never too late to add Kotlin to your code base, but it can be too late to remove it. We use Kotlin at Pinterest, but we do so knowing and living with the growing pains of the language. 
This post purposely focuses on the risks you should consider. Well, that's like if you were a Swift version one adopter. You don't even have like you know source code compatibility mm-hmm. anymore. It is good to get like sort of uh, feedback from a large scale deployment. Of yeah, it. no, it is. And I, I, I'm actually surprised a company like Pinterest even like used it. Like the CTO yeah. signed off on that. that means, certainly, I mean, I don't. I'm not a heavy Pinterest user or a Pinterest user, you know, at all. But I, I'm familiar with the app, right? Like lots of people I know use it. Yeah, and I. It just seems like a large scale app that I would think they'd be a lot more conservative. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe um, it's for you know specific functions or something new, something like that. Well, I could see the Lambda stuff being really attractive, but like that, like having written way too much Java, I can tell you that Lambdas actually make life a lot easier. But like Java nine has that stuff coming in, in in a way, maybe not as good as Kotlin, but <laughs> that's always what I hear. Java nine will yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah, well, and then you know it'll be Java ten, right? <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. So this was a fair point. I mean, I, I think the reason I wanted to include this was one, it was super popular in the subreddit, and two, you know, you don't always have to flip to the new thing. Um, I mean, people still run Unity. Oh, geez, what? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, I suppose. Speaking of that, though, uh, this is sort of the biggest hoopla uh, since our last episode, the announcement of the death of Flash 2020. Flash is coming to an end, and uh, which, of course, leads us to the very next obvious question. Which technology is next to die? Which one is next to die? Well, the Stack Overflow blog has uh, a, little, a little data to go through. They said to answer this question, we looked at Stack Overflow questions posted over time. The same data behind the trend tools. We considered the trend in the last five years and estimated the rate of decrease over time for each technology. Now, this is public data, so they're publishing it for other people to play with. So they said, we considered a technology to be shrinking of questions about a decline by at least 10% a year on average. Hmm. Do you know what uh, jumped out at me as declining? Obviously, uh, Silverlight, big surprise, right? Flex, which is, with Flex, which is based on Flash. Not, which is, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, ASP.NET web, web Framework has decreased. Yep. How about this one? Uh-huh. How about this one? How about this one? Objective-C has been declining as well. See, I knew you were going to do this. I, I, <laughs> I knew you were going to Look at this. that. So if you see the video version right now, Objective-C is the green line. And uh, it seems to have peaked around uh, uh, late 2011. And uh, Chris, you, you obviously can't read. Doesn't that say the green mile? Yeah. We've got a dead man walking down it, the green mile. It is, it is actually tanking faster it's, than ASP.NET. Yeah. It, it, if you look at this graph, the Objective-C line is uh, – it's not even a downward spiral. It's just a <laughs> nosedive. It's just like <laughs> – It looks like Bitcoin on a bad day. That's bad. You know what? Any random Tuesday you might pick, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, and of course, Swift is seeing an upwards trend. Uh, Ruby on Rails also seeing a decline there. That's the other oh. line, by the way, which is, uh, is. is still not as dramatic as Objective-C. Of course, its peak was never as dramatic as Objective-C either. <laughs> what do you think? What would be the next technology to die? Do you think it's going to so, be? So just a moment for Objective-C. Do you think it is? You may... No. Yes, it is going to die, but it shouldn't. I still would argue that Objective-C is one of the best programming languages I have ever used. <laughs> And if I had my way, I would simply do everything in Objective-C. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I know. This is not a joke. It is one of it is the best implementation of a Smalltalk-like language uh, that balances the productivity of C that I have ever seen. Anyway. <sighs> pour what, we should just pour one out on a weekly basis I, now. It, 
it, it, you know, I feel like people are sending this stuff into the show to hurt me now. <laughs> they, it, they see the objective C stat, they're like, oh, gotta send that to Mike. Gotta put that in the Coda Radio subreddit. It, it, you know what? It's getting hurtful. Uh, <laughs> it's how just... about things I wish would die? Because that's a lot more fun. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. Do you have anything that so, jumps out at you? Obviously, Swift. No, I'm kidding. Um, but I'm not kidding. Yeah, no. Seriously, I really still don't like Swift. Um, how about SharePoint? Mm, okay. I have never heard a justification for first SharePoint that didn't feel morally bankrupt in some way. How about Microsoft Dynamics? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a monster. How about all of Salesforce in its present form? So these are like platforms. Yeah, yeah. The entire like, yeah, platforms just, just go away. Well, Flash is a platform too, right? If you really yeah. think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole integrated system. Um, Jeez, I can't really think of anything that I despise that. Real basic. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that'd be good. Visual basic and real basic. Isn't that funny? Visual Basic may outlive some of these. <laughs> like Objective-C. Well, yeah, Objective-C is pretty old, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I just it want to may. say, Objective-C Objective did not die of natural causes. This was a homicide. Yeah. This was murder most foul, Boy, as they when say. When you look at those trend lines, it's way out there. Objective- oh, it's bad. It's, I mean, it's, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's, podcast, it's, uh, yeah, MP3 listeners, y- you have to take a look at this video version for this week and see this line. Well, we'll have the Stack Overflow link in the uh, show notes yeah, too. It, I, it's I, not good. Uh uh-uh. uh no, in fact, I wonder if uh if it's uh I wonder if it's because the high was so high. But no, it's just but well, you're this I, is I would argue that the questions. Prim- the primary platform vendor behind its adoption is actively trying to kill it. Cuz like they would argue they're not, but by promoting Swift over it, they really are, right? Like and they're yeah, Ooh. I mean, if you don't believe me, take a look at this most recent WWDC videos from uh, about a month and a half ago, two months ago. Well, <sighs> there you have it. There, Stack Overflow confirms what we've been kind of speculating about for uh, weeks and months and years on this show. Now <laughs> it's not that quite that long, but it's been a long time. You know what? Objective C will will <laughs> rise again. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you have it. Maybe it'll go out in a blaze of glory. Maybe it'll be some big blaze of glory for you, Mike. And, yeah. Yes, one day Objective C zealots are going to seize uh, Moscone Hall during WWDC. <laughs> I say you console yourself in a sea of droplets over DigitalOcean.com. Yes. Go there, create an account, and apply our promo code Coder Digital and get a ten dollar credit where you can spin up a rig on their infrastructure in less than fifty five seconds. They have SSDs for all of the disk I/O from the low end, like just like unbelievably well priced droplets to the crazy crazy high-end cpu systems look at these new rigs they've rolled out they have uh, the skylake and broadwell cpus just uh, monsterly powerful rigs that you can get in less like less than 55 seconds same thing you can deploy it for all kinds of different use cases data analysis batch processing encoding they have 40 gigabit connections into the hypervisor team accounts are available block storage that you can attach up to your droplets up to 16 terabytes too and monitoring and alerting to keep you advised when there's problems. They also have a bunch of pre-built open-source applications like uh, GitHub, MongoDB, Rails, and systems with just a great setup of Node.js ready to go with a single click. They have hourly pricing and monthly pricing available. I love their $0.03-an-hour machine with 2 gigs of RAM, 2 CPUs, 40 gigabyte SSD, and three terabytes of transfer. Data centers all over the world, fantastic documentation, and an API you can really wrap your head around, DigitalOcean.com. Go over to DigitalOcean, create a machine, and be sure you apply our promo code, CoderDigital. You could try this $5 a month rig out, two months, absolutely free. That's a great deal. DigitalOcean.com. Sign up, 
Apply our promo code Coder Digital. And thanks to DigitalOcean for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. We got a bunch of feedback that I wanted to consolidate down into, hey, there's different hardware I've gotten that's helped with RSI. I mean, we've got a fair amount of that. And uh, uh, one that just came in just a few moments before we started by Architect is the Ergodocs, which is a really interesting looking keyboard. It's, a, they say, the world's most powerful ergonomic keyboard. It does look very cool. It's also open source, which is pretty neat. It's got a split design uh, where you can really spread it out. Have you seen these ones that are more like uh, more like split out? So it's it's like the ergonomic, but like you, they're completely separate yeah. uh, units. They're not wired, or maybe they are wired, but they're not together. They're not like joint. Yeah, I have uh, never used one to any real degree. H- have you? No, but you know, I, I I am very 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 tempted to pull the trigger on something like this. The problem is now I've heard from so many folks, so many different kinds, that I don't know which one to get. Oh, they have it with LEDs, though. Let's go see what the price is. Oh, you and your LEDs. So what? Uh, so uh, Cherry MX Brown, that'd be the way to go, right? Is that the way to go? So I'm back to the blues here. So the blues are the clickiest? They're the loudest, yeah. They're the loudest. Oh, okay. So because uh, so I, I, they, they give me a lot of, oh, geez, it starts at 325. Ooh, starts, at, starts at 325 with Cherry Brown. What's a blue cost? So the cherry blue. So if I go cherry blue, uh, I don't think it changed the price. Three twenty-five. So it's just three twenty-five. LED lighting. Let's turn on LED lighting. What's that bring it up to? Three fifty-five. But that kind of almost seems worth it. That almost seems worth it. Oh, in black, I can get it in black. Oh, oh now we're it comes in black, Bruce. Oh no, jeez, that's three fifty-five though for a keyboard would definitely be the most expensive keyboard I ever got. Then again, I'm, I, I have RSI. Yeah. I'm having RSI pains today, so. Oh yeah, we've been getting an RSI Palooza now. Like, seems like a common issue. Yeah, it's a big one in our community, um, and I've heard from a lot of folks that are dealing with it, or I've heard from people that have also successfully solved it for them. And the thing is, is I, one of the things that seems to be standing out in my reading is try to address it as early as possible because it's harder to walk back. And so the question is: Is three hundred twenty-five dollars is is that is is that worth being able to continue to do my job? I'd probably have to say yes. Now it's just a matter to actually be able to practically afford it. But it's, it's, it's pretty neat. So Architect says he'll let us know how it goes. And if I hear from him, I think uh, I'll buy one. I'm just, you know, you know, I have to take the plunge. thing is, is then where do you draw the line? Do you you're going to take the plunge. Do you have to put it on every computer, though? I, I, I see. I don't know if your muscle memory would be good enough. I'd have to have it everywhere. Yeah, that's, that's where it gets crazy. But I could definitely put it on. The, I know there's one system here that I work at in the studio that always makes my arm hurt. My, my, I mean, my wrist hurt. Um, so... Uh, I could put it there at least and start. It'd be a, I, I know where I could start with. So yeah, I'm going to wait to see what Architects is, and I'm going to look at some of the other ones that have been sent into the show and try to make a decision on one of them. They're all about this price. They're all over 300 U.S. greenbacks. So it doesn't really seem to be avoidable. But thank you, everybody. And I'd also love to know what you did to fix it. Um, because if I don't solve this problem, not only is it going to be too painful for me to do editing and things like that, but I'm going to just eventually get replaced by a damn robot. Because robots are replacing managers, and soon I'm sure it'll be replacing podcasters. How about this one, Mike? You found this over, uh, this is a QZ.com, like one of them yes. like, type uh, write-ups. So it's a startup called B12, and uh, they're building websites with the help of friendly robots, human designers, client, client managers, and copywriters, which still do a lot of the work, but humans don't coordinate any of it. It's like a PMO bot. Exactly. Holy crap. The PMO's job may be the first to get automated. Is this really happening? Oh, that's sort of the plan here, Chris. That's sort of the plan. 
Okay. So uh, they say the future of work may have become a hot topic with uh, the future of management possibly about to take a drastic change. A decade of research on how to automate and coordinate and other managerial tasks has focused on managing crowds of freelancers with platforms like Amazon's Mechanical Turk, which can easily... Oh, wow. Think about integrating bot right into Mechanical Turk. Employees at a company called MobileWorks, for instance, published a paper with research at, a university of, at the University of Berkeley in 2012 describing a dynamic work routine system that automatically priced tasks, everything from managing a Twitter account to digitizing stacks of business cards and assigned them to qualified workers. Multiple workers completed the same task to help check for accuracy. Fascinating right there. Stop right there. So multiple workers completed the same task, I suppose, if labor is cheap enough. Wherever you're getting so, it. So what these guys are doing, um, and I and I, I just blew by the name, I'm sorry, um, over at uh, MobileWorks, uh, yeah. Mobile Mobile yeah, yeah. is they have a bot that basically integrates the Amazon Turk API, and it farms out your job that you give it. So if you tell the bot, you know, print me up, you know, 100, whatever, like, whatever, proofread these business cards, right? It uses the Amazon Turk API to basically open a bunch of if you've ever used amazon turk they're like job listings and it opens a bunch of them and fills them with multiple people but these these turks and this is amazon's word not me so please don't get upset are in reality they're actually humans right so at the end of the day humans are doing the labor mm-hmm. but they're humans usually in a in a lower uh lower income region than than you probably so you are. could you could hire two or three of them uh to do the same job that one person would go right through. probably and then still you save just, money Right, and it ha- and you A/B test against it, and you say, okay, I like this one better, that one better, you know. Yeah. yeah. So which uh, yeah. So the bots are doing the coordinating of the work. So you got B12, uh, a startup that's also doing this, also Gigster, uh, using a similar system to build software and websites. So they have humans do the coding, but the bots do the management. Consus, K O N S U S, which offers business services such as data entry and PowerPoint design has created automated workflows that hand off work between a pool of freelancers using automated bots. I, I will I will say, I've had some experience with Gigster. Um, I, so for the show, I tried to do a project through them. Huh. And the algorithm uh, is very interesting on what it counts and what it doesn't. It actually said I was unqualified. <laughs> uh, you do, do not compute. App. You do not compute. Yeah. I was like, um, no. It's interesting. Stanford, so you got University of Berkeley and Stanford both releasing research papers on automating management. Holy shit. Wouldn't it be interesting if, you know, we always think of the fast food worker or the factory worker as the first line of, uh, of jobs getting replaced by the robots. But uh, before we even build the robots, we're going to have bots running on hosted services that will be replacing the managers. These don't require yeah. a physical movement of a product or interaction with a customer. I mean, really, if you have a Docker container and an Ubuntu 17.04 server with enough RAM, you could probably get a lot done, Chris. Well, think about this, too, because because these are bots that are not customer-facing. These are bots that uh, don't, requ- don't require a hardware with camera and, and, and maybe uh, imaging and space for spatial recognition. Mm-hmm. So you can build these much faster, and because your audience is the employee base— um, or freelancers in this case, there's a higher tolerance for not a perfect system, and there's an um, there's an obvious chain of well, this isn't answering, so I need to contact so and so in this department to get my answer. Like there's an obvious resolution process in a company, so the tolerance for something not covering all of the edge cases, I would assume, is higher. 
Right, you would think so. So yeah. you could start deploying sooner. Is kind of what I'm is what I'm getting at. And anyways, this is uh, so. These are several companies. B twelve seems to be one of the companies that's out of. They say our, the at the forefront. They say our philosophy is that anything that can be automated around a workflow will be. The efficiencies are too great not to automate. <laughs> oh, welcome to the brave future, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Uh, Computer, it, what happened? And you know, uh, just before we get any further into uh, the big thing that you're working on. I've been. I want to share just a couple of thoughts, just to sort of lay the groundwork. Um, it, to me, it seems that bots are uh, people. Probably have like sort of a, a, a smell of hype around them right now. I have to tell you though, to me, it seems like obvious. It seems like one of those things that we're going to look back, and it's just going to be so integrated with every single thing that it will be so obvious that we won't even question it. And I, I, I when I think of a bot, I think of something that doesn't necessarily, depending on what it's doing require a shit ton of resources so it's something that could be embedded into an echo so amazon could choose to have more local functionality as a way as a way to scale out the echo product they could have a running piece of software that is much more capable of setting local events like timers and reminders and automating uh, hardware control that doesn't require communication to the cloud they could have more decision processing happening on the Echo, or think about wearables like a watch. Right now, when you when you invoke Siri or the Google Assistant via a Wear device, you're really just talking to the phone, which is talking to the cloud, which is not a very fast experience. And it, if there's any sort of connectivity issue between the watch and the phone, or the phone and the cloud, you're going to have problems. And so, the more you could localize processing. The more more things you could botetize, like something that can talk between my applications, something that can take data, like set an appointment at 11 a.m., and it can put it in my calendar application of choice because it knows how to do that, is going to be, I would think, obvious once these devices are just a little more powerful and bots are a little more common. And it's going to be everybody will have different versions of bots. You'll have chat bots, you'll have task bots, you'll have automation bots, you'll have support bots. And it, it just, to me, doesn't seem like it's a possibility. It seems like a foregone conclusion because they're going to be straightforward to use. They're going to take advantage of this. Everybody's got an API culture that is rampant right now. They're going to integrate with workflows and into systems like Slack and GitHub. It's just too tempting. And because they don't actually require physical presence like a robot does, they don't require physical hardware, people can develop them and deploy them on cloud infrastructure or on local systems or on hardware and it's it's just a software problem. It's not a something has to be aware of its environment, something has to be processing data, something has to have years of training like like self-driving cars or or even a freaking Roomba. It's 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 even it's an easier problem than a Roomba because it just it's all software. And so it seems to me that the market for this is going to be huge, bigger than the app market in a sense because every single business could use this. A business the size of Jupiter Broadcasting to a business the size of Apple could use bots at all different levels of the company. It's going to change the way we just schedule out conference rooms and manage resources in buildings. It's going to fundamentally redo all of that and make it way simpler and way less bureaucratic. So I think the, the range and possibilities are explosively huge. And I think it's, 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 it's almost a joke to consider if there's a possibility of a future in them because they are so utilitarian and easy enough to piece together I say that relatively speaking, that it's almost just has to happen. So before we go any further, before we get into the future, I want to talk about how you can start right now yourself at home. I want to talk about Linux Academy. 
second sponsor here on the Coder Radio program, linuxacademy.com slash coders. Please consider going there to support the show. Linux Academy is back, and we want to show them that the Coder Radio audience appreciates it more than ever. linuxacademy.com slash coders. Also sign up for a free seven-day trial, a platform to learn everything you need to know about Linux. If you want to start deploying software, you should probably figure out the base system. Are you going to do it in containers? How are you going to manage the source? What about firewalls if you're running on a web server that you're managing? Do you, do you really know how to operate this stuff? Or is there gaps that you could fill in? Everything from the base tools all the way up to things like Azure and AWS and OpenStack is covered at Linux Academy. They have instructor mentoring full-time human beings that are happy to help when you need them. Learning paths, which are a series of courses and content when you just need to know a specific thing. Same with the nuggets, which are like a deep dive into one topic. And then they have entire courseware, which will really get you in on, say, like AWS. Hands-on labs to give you real experience in a scenario-based kind of thing, which is, I think... Maybe one of my favorite hands-down features, aside from instructor mentoring of Linux Academy, and then the fact that they have core schedulers that will work with your busy schedule in iOS and Android apps, and then a whole series of study tools like uh, study guides, um, listen, uh, lesson audio that you could just listen to like an audio book, all these kinds of like resources that you can either use on the app or you can download them yourself and just listen offline. Brilliant. And then they have a fantastic community because a ton of our audience is in it. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders. That's where you go to support the show and sign up for a free seven-day trial. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders. And a big thank you to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. And thank you to everybody for visiting that page and checking out Linux Academy. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders. So that brings us to... A big announcement by Mr. Dominic. I have been sitting in anticipation all episode for this moment. We've been building to this. In fact, I think we've been kind of, we sped up. We sped ourselves up so we could get to this point, just so you and I could talk about it. We we picked up momentum as the show went on. Um, And uh, a brand new site has launched. Really, damn, Mike. I mean, every time you do this, like I thought with the new Buccaneer site, you'd really done it. But this is even more gorgeous. Just a beautiful new site. I don't want to take the wind away. I'll let you say it. Tell the folks what's new so, and where they should find it. So go to themadbotter.com. But Chris, we've actually been Sherlocked already. A intrepid blogger found it and already wrote a review of Alice, my new chat bot. Really? My new uh, project management AI bot. Yeah, I'll link it in. the. I just put it in the show notes and I'll put it in the chat. So it's, we the, have, it's the Madbotter and the bot is named Alice. Her name is Alice, right? If uh, obviously we're going for a Alice in Wonderland reference, I may, you know, Chris likes to to make fun of my websites. I may have gone a little far this, with the Alice in Wonderland. This is gorgeous. Thing. This is brilliant, really. I mean, this is yeah. really up there. I, this is wow. So, yeah. So you know, I've been, uh, and, it, and it occurred to me that I've been doing like what would broadly be called digital agencies, basically contracting shops, for just about ten years now, really. Like, and that's doing contracting. And one thing I realized was that, you know, the future of these companies is distributed teams. It's remote work. It's, you know, you have folks, forget about in different counties, different states, different countries, different, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. But there's always a problem working distributed teams. So I started writing uh, a bot and I, and it's, it's been through a number of different technologies and we can get into some of the, the technical underpinnings now. But what I ended up with was a bot that basically is like a project manager assistant. Mm. Um, the line I like to use is the glue that holds your distributed team together. Uh, she does a bunch of things, but the, the 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 broad strokes are: Alice has a ton of integrations to GitHub, Atlassian, so that's Jira and uh, Bitbucket, uh, time tracking tools like Harvest, 
Trello, bunch of stuff. I mean, there's a whole list if you, and, and there are more coming. So if you do have a need and you're interested, we can get that going for you. Um, she pulls all this stuff together to really keep your team focused on what they need to be doing and to avoid those communication issues that all, you know, they, they just happen in distributed teams, right? Yeah. So when somebody has a, so when somebody says, Hey, where's this at? What's going on with this? You, the idea is that you might she always have a date. Well, she can actually dig in. So if you, yeah. for example, if you have uh, Google Drive or Confluence, uh-huh. she will try to dig in and get that document for the person that's, if that person has permission huh, to view it. That's cool. I like so that. we do have that security built in there that the person she can has also to be it looks able. like <clears throat> send daily agendas. That's pretty cool. Check up on team yep. if she hasn't seen movement. That's also really nice. You know what's she nice about all- that is it's almost it is almost semi naggy. And it's just it's it's exact kind of nagging you need sometimes for certain teams to keep going, and it's the kind yes. of thing I I hate doing. I hate having yes. to ask somebody where they're at, and so I will put it off and put it off. And if I just uh, the bot does it, well the bot does it. The bot's checking in, so you know you got to answer the bot. And w- the real kill, killer feature I found is that if uh, what she does is she let, let's just let's just take one implementation for example, right? Because at Buccaneer we actually used uh, we used Jira. So she'll pull on all the Jira tickets versus, versus the project plan and say, uh, you know, she'll warn the managers that this project is off track by X, you know, whatever it is, story points or hours. She's flexible that way. So she can do hours or story points or whatever and generate. And this is kind of the killer here. Generate project status reports on command. Mm. So if a client comes in and says, I want to, and she pulls your billings, she pulls your timesheets and the project management tools into one report. Hmm. See, also, you say here, uh, Alice is not afraid to nudge a client to meet a deadline. Yes. Is that is that payment deadline? Uh, it can be payment. Now, that is a... She can do that. That's an option. I that think is that's, not on by default. Oh, I think that's... Again, going it back to... Yeah. It, it, lets, it, it kind of lets you defer blame a little bit. Oh, the bot does that. Yeah, that's part of our system. Plus, it makes you look so legit. Like, you so have your crap together that you have automated process I that do these things for you. So instead of you having to look like a dick emailing the client, your super sophisticated automated process I does it for you, which is amazing. I know that's a t- see here in here in the Pacific Northwest we are so passive aggressive that there is a cultural barrier to talk about money. You're not allowed to talk about money. It's yeah. just it is the biggest taboo in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, it, you could talk about pot, you could talk about sex, you can talk about booze, you could talk about any, but you can't talk about money. And so if you have a system that talks about money for you, I got to tell you, there is a huge clientele in the Pacific Northwest that would want it just for that feature because <laughs> it just well, solves the problem. I mean, she has a bunch of integrations, but let's take the Harvest case, for example, because that's a, if you don't know, that's a popular invoicing software. Uh, once the invoice is 24 hours late, she'll actually go ahead and send the email out and say, uh, this is a past due invoice. Yeah. Uh, you know, please remit payment. That's nice. Uh, but it, she, yeah. but it's, it's not just payments, though. It's sure. sign-offs. Let's say you're a design firm and you have design comps that you need approval for before moving forward. Mm. Let's say you're an iOS firm and you need a build from, let's say, TestFlight or Hockey App. She'll go ahead and send a reminder for that to the client. That's really handy. I could, or just use that internally for you know staff and stuff. That's nice. Yep. Yeah. So she's front facing and and uh, and internal facing. So what's the what's the revenue path for Mister Dominic here? Like, is this something? Is this a is this a hosted? Is this a hosted? So system? it's a SaaS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I am exploring an on-site installed solution because I've had some conversations. Where some folks have said, well, gee, we might want this behind our firewall. But right now it is a SaaS solution. Um, it's a per usage model, per integration. It is 
And I'll be honest, the Coda Radio audience, if you email michael at themadbotter.com and you put Coda Radio in the subject, there is a very, very steep discount because I know you guys are awesome and technical and we are just in alpha now. So we're trying to get some uh, some feedback and yeah, we'll, willing to work with you on that. This is kind of a yeah. kind of a private alpha showing for the Coda Radio. For, this is an offer that's only good for Coda Radio listeners. So though. michael at themadbotter.com. Yes. Man, I can't believe the madbotter.com wasn't taken. That's a great name and domain. I can't believe you got the domain, themadbotter.com. It was, it was a hell of a fight to get the trademark, too. <laughs> that is uh, really, it's, it's a great-looking site, too. You guys should just go check it out it, just for that, too. It's just, woof, I love it. This is a really great idea, um, and it seems like an obvious way to have a sustainable revenue source for something that adds value at a business layer where people are generally willing to pay for tools that make business more efficient. Right. Oh, and for the folks who went ahead and followed the Mad Botter on Twitter and uh, mentioned Coda Radio, you will be getting a direct message in a week uh, with asking you for your mailing address for a free uh, a free toy. Cool. Wow. So um, you could have, you know, like let's just get let's just go crazy. And this this you know there may, people may be like meh, no thanks. But let's just say people kind of find something like this useful. How how possible is it for you to reuse work here for other bots down the road or even do purpose-built bots for people's specific businesses? So say somebody comes to you and says, I love the Mad Botter. We have this system with the, from this vendor, and they have a crazy way where you can communicate with the app, but you know, you got to talk to them, and you'd have to like yes. get that. Would, would you be willing and considering that as a possible avenue for building bots too? And so making- that, that is a, a second uh, line of business. I'm actually already in one conversation about two use Alice as a baseline for your custom bot behind your firewall yeah. uh, communicating with proprietary systems. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I could see that as really, you know, like, as, like just say we didn't say today we didn't have JBot here at Jupiter Broadcasting. Um, I would, I would like to have something that tied in with Slack and a few other things and, you know, digital ocean, which now, now we've just built JBot to do uh, the beards really, you know, helps us push all that forward with the, with the folks in the community. But Today, starting over, I I would love to start with something like this and contact you and say, okay, I, I see that you integrate with a few things that we use already today, like Google Calendar, Gmail, Slack, and uh, GitHub. Could we also add X, Y, Z? And and could you tell me how much that would cost? And then and you know then you give me something that I could run on a DigitalOcean droplet or run on a server box here in the at the in the studio. Like that would be that'd be money for right. us. That'd be great. Uh, so do you see this as uh, so? Do you see this as for for developers, or do you see this as like maybe like doctors' offices? Like wh- who's the client here? So right now we're targeting uh, the the digital agency niche, which is you know development shops and design shops, and that you know kind of like SEO digital marketing folks. Um, but the core engine can go anywhere, right? Right now, unfortunately, with limited resources, I had to pick a niche. Sure. Well, that and makes sense. It's, yeah, it's a business that I know very well. I decided to pick that one. But yeah, you, you're right. I, I mean, I'm basically betting, I'd say the farm, but I am living with, with the gators. So I'll say the swamp. Yeah. Um, I'm betting the swamp on this one. Gosh, you know, it's, it's just what I was talking about, though, before we even got into this with bots. Um, like, uh, I, there's, you know, I can't really afford to hire a PMO here, but I could see how having yeah. somebody manage all of these spinning plates could be really useful. And uh I would love to supplement that with technology. I mean, it probably wouldn't fully replace a PMO, but if I could just get a few functionalities like that to help us operate a little better, you know, and already being a more technically inclined operation, 
I'm I'm really thinking this is the future. I, I, did you, how did you really how did you land on this? You know, because I know you and I have been kicking around bots since Microsoft's and and Slack have been you know a, a gleam in people's eye. So we've been kicking around bots for ages now, and I think one of the things that you and I kicked around a lot is how the hell are you ever going to build a bot that's going to be able to sustain a revenue that will you know lead to future bot development like how do you ever land on that what, seems like for 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 ages you were kicking that question around what happened what changed uh, a lot of tears a lot of pain <laughs> yeah a lot of so, yeah. so one i had this need but two you know you and i were pretty early on the whole bot thing and i i truth be told i did try a version of something like this uh, a couple years ago and i never released it because the technology just wasn't there. I mean, it, it was, um, for lack of a better term, the bot was not intelligent enough. It was like a, just a technology experiment. Right, and it, it didn't hit the level that I, yep. I thought was yeah. worthy of yeah. any kind of marketing. I've got, several, I've got several projects like that myself that I work on and work on and go, ah, it's, just, it's just not yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So things changed when my dog started barking yeah. because thunder, there's a thunderstorm just started. Rika thinks you were uh, inspired by the majestic J-Bot. The majestic, you know, there was a version before Alice called the Jar Jar Bot. <laughs> I think I recall. I that. almost unleashed it into the IRC. Right. Yeah. Very happy I didn't do it. <laughs> I think I recall hearing about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I held back, but no, you know what? It's funny if if we want to get deep into the technical stuff here. Um, my dog won't stop barking forever. So, so it's it, yeah. Go ahead. It's actually written using the Lewis uh, Lewis engine, which Lewis is the linguistic universal. Ooh, I can't remember right now. Um, one. It's actually a Microsoft Research project. Okay. Um, oh my god, the acronym is terrible. Hmm. Uh, the language understanding intelligent service. Whoa. That is that's, a that's a hell of a name. That's a Microsoft name. <laughs> that's got to be what it is. It is, <laughs> and I went through a whole bunch of these. It is, for my money, the best publicly available natural language processing service. Hmm. So that is a component that I'm using, and for the general bodiness, I'm using the a aggressively modified version of the Microsoft Bot framework, hmm. which is actually completely open source. So this is uh, so this is sounding like some like it was actually some pretty usable stuff. Um, looking back now, would this have been possible without the Jar Jar Bot? Like, did those did those aborted technology projects that you you worked on and worked on internally were they necessary yeah, to get to here? That's that's super interesting. Um, I mean, I would say the Jar Jar Bot certainly showed me the limits in some of these easier technologies, right? There are things right. like API.ai. Stuff that might have been more um, attractive on the surface. You, well, well, there's like the Google Actions, right? Where the Google Actions, you just go in and you type in phrases and you make those the um, the intents is kind of the parlance people are using for bots. Okay. Which is great, but it doesn't give you the level of customability and control, Right. Where with the uh, with Lewis and the Microsoft Bot framework, I feel like you have the right balance between, you know, I'm building off the shoulders of giants here, and I'm also doing my own thing. Like someone just mentioned Tay in the chat room. The whole point of the customization is to avoid a Tay-like situation, right? Sure, yeah, Microsoft absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, another interesting thing is the the Google Actions or API.ai would have been cost prohibitive. And frankly, very, very easy for someone else to copy because 
it's not really development you're doing. It's just tying into like a web hook and putting up a bunch of intents. Hmm. I don't know. Not that they're bad, and they're also doing different things. Like Alice, I mean, this is a little bit of a secret, but we can leak this. She can actually understand spoken words already, but that's not turned Ooh. on. Yeah, I don't know. I could see that the more simpler stuff being uh, great for automated certain just small project stuff for people that are banging out their own thing. You know, I could, so I could still see value there. But uh, it is interesting that you had to burn through it first to kind of see – you had to push it to its limits and because and, uh, that's also been my experience is sometimes what feels at the time like uh, sort of lost, lost wasted time, I guess might, might be the way to put it, felt like wasted time. Turns out you had to go through that to end up where you were, with something that did work. And it also makes the final product uh, a little more polished, I think, in my experience. Well, congratulations, Mr. Dominic. Uh, thank you for uh, helping bring Skynet and Hell 9000 in one wonderful package with uh, delightful artwork. I, I, uh, I appreciate that. Also, follow it on the Twitter, the Mad Botter Inc., at the Mad Botter Inc. on the Twitters. We should put a link to all of that in the show notes just to make it easy for people. So I'll try to make sure we do that. Uh, wow. Well, so what else? Any, so what's, what, what's next? Now just sort of sit back and see if maybe uh, get a few people on it and, and uh, find any kinks, work them out, and then start pushing it? Well, we're already pushing it. Like I said, we have this alpha promotional offer. We're looking for a few good customers to to work with us and try it out at a, an incredibly steep discount. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 waiting to see what the blogs say. Hmm. So yeah, I was just I, I was just reading uh, cupofmo.com's coverage on it, which uh, yes. looks. I like I like the headline: AI bot Alice from the Mad Botter offers agencies automation and integration. Puts it right there. You know, you know those those bloggers are particularly savvy. So I, you know, I was afraid the headline would be more like "Jackass who retired to Florida." If <laughs> <laughs> something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see people were calling the show uh, uh, "Health Radio" or something like that? You know what it reminded me of is when people used to call it "Coffee Radio." Remember how we yes. used to get crap for that? Now it's now we're getting crap for being healthy. You believe that? It's just well, remember we used to do a lot more drinking on the air. It used to be like <sighs> yeah. happy hour. We used to get all kind. You know what? People are always going to be upset. I suppose. I suppose. But go to uh, themadbotter.com. Yeah. And, and no, is it just, is that just random? Like, can the mad botter help me? Uh, can you make a bot for helping me uh, diet? That would be really great. Help me exercise. It'll, it'll just like, like say mean things yeah. to you when you order. Just nag me. Food. Just send me push. If you open again. like uh, Grubhub, it's like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> judgmental look. Yeah, yeah. That's what you need is something that sends me judgmental push notifications and then we'd be all in. Um, well, I'm pretty excited for you. I am. I'm actually. Uh, I'm actually delighted because I knew you were working on something. So it's it's good to I see. I was it. I was deep in the swamps, m- much like Yoda, uh, just hammering away in that cave. Wait, hang on. Wait, what? What? All right, Mister Dominic. Well, uh, so give it one more plug so people can see it. So it's the Twitter. Yeah, the Twitter's at the Mad Botter uh-huh. INC, and and uh, go to themadbotter.com. Code Radio listeners, if you have an agency, design shop, or a dev shop. There is a great, great deal for you. So go ahead and uh, fill out that contact form. Yeah, or, or email directly, Michael, at the I'll give you a hint. The deal is 50, 50% off. Wow. Wow. It is getting better by the moment. It is getting better by the moment. Follow me on the Twitters. I am at Chris LAS. You can follow the network at Jupiter Signal. What else? Anything else you want to mention, Mr. Dominic, before we run? No. no? That's okay. it. All right, darling. Well, thank you very much for another great episode. Congratulations on the big release. Very excited for you. Very excited. Have a great day. You too. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Why don't you join us live next week over to jblive.tv for that shenanigans. You can get the time in your local time zone using a very primitive bot 
maybe, <laughs> over at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. Email us at slash contact and visit the subreddit, uh, sub easy for me to say, at coderadio.reddit.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you right back here next week.